Good Monday morning. I hope that all you leaders are doing great. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just you, Dave, and Todd, and Polly, uh, the three of you knuckleheads uh, at this point. But hey, you know, why not pretend like there's more of us, right? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, hey, it was another great weekend, I think. Uh, I know that uh, the Fowlerville Michigan community had a had a great conversation uh, just from following up with Dave, and Sunday night here in Ipsy was good as well. Uh, Polly did a great job leading, and, uh, and it was, yeah, it was good. So uh, we are... We are continuing on. Uh, before we before we get in here, uh, I guess some announcement stuff info. Right is uh, down on tap. Uh, keep reminding people about that in Ipsy, uh, and I know that we have a pipe night coming up soon in Fowlerville uh, for the dudes, and so uh, we'll want to make sure that we that we mention that. Encourage folks out to to pipe night as well. Um, I, uh, as far as, uh, stuff for me, this is just kind of a normal week. I am, I am in and around town. Uh, both my kids are, uh, out of season as far as sports go. So this becomes, uh, a kind of a, a downtime for us in a sense where we don't, we don't have a lot of additional responsibilities. Uh, so we'll be looking at, at opportunities to, uh, you know, be intentional about uh, heading out to other other community events, and I think that's something that I would I would encourage you guys uh, to do as well as to begin to to look around at the opportunities in your neighborhoods, uh, in your in your immediate context to to go and connect and invite other people uh, to join you. So. Uh, you know the the Fowlerville missional community doesn't have the whole uh, school school activity thing uh, to to kind of rally around, but there's plenty of other community events in the uh, Fowlerville, Brighton, Howell, Heartland area, and so I would I'd encourage you guys to uh, take a look and see uh, what are some opportunities that that you can y'all can jump into and. Um, and remember, for all of us, uh, for all of you as, as missional community leaders, uh, one of the things that we want to be intentional to do is to invite people into life. And and oftentimes what that looks like is just inviting them into your normal stuff that you're doing. Maybe you're... Uh, you know, maybe you're going to roll out to Home Depot or something. Just shoot a message out or, or whatever and say, hey, I'm heading out to Home Depot. Anybody want to come with? Uh, you know, wh- whatever it is that, that you might be doing, just just invite people to to jump in with you and uh, and just spend some of that some of that time in the margins. Now, that doesn't mean you got to do it every time, right? Uh, there are going to be times when you're going to just kind of be like, yo, I need I need just some me time. Uh, and that is that is totally understandable and uh, super super completely acceptable. So, uh, but at the same time, we want to be intentional uh, about inviting folks into life and and really seeking to do some life together. 
And uh, and that happens best in the margins. There is a reason that we don't program a bunch of crap, uh, and and that's because we want to have margins and we want to we want to try to do do life uh, in the margins with the folks. So uh, so that's that's one piece. Uh, one one thing I'd love for you to kind of uh, keep keep in mind over the over the next week or so, or just in the future, right? Um, so. Yeah, we are continuing uh, our series of conversations in First John. I hope I hope that First John has been a blessing to you. It's been uh, it's been great for me uh, just to go back and spend time in this in this little letter. Uh, it's deeply challenging to me. It challenges uh, a lot of my preconceived. Uh, notions, uh, especially when it comes to just kind of our American evangelicalism, and uh, and I don't think it's, I don't think we can overlook that, and uh, you know, a little bit thing. I'm thankful on Polly's for for Polly <laughs> because uh, uh, Ethan was a little checked out last night, and so First uh, John chapter two verse two didn't get his normal question as far as. Uh, you know, universalism and and that kind of thing goes. So, she did not have to did not have to answer that that tough question, which is great. Um, uh, but this week we are in First uh, John chapter two, verses three through twenty-seven, and we could we could very easily break these into smaller things. Uh, but I gotta tell you, as as I am continuing to grow in my own. Uh, teaching and preaching of, of the scriptures, uh, I'm, I, I'm growing more, more weary, weary, not weary, leery, more leery, that's the word I'm looking for, of uh, taking scripture passages in too small of chunks. Because I think when we do that, we lose the context. We lose the bigger picture. And for so many you know these these are letters that were sat and read and discussed in one setting right and like in one in, in they would sit and they would read it and they would discuss it as a whole and what do we do in the modern church is we break these things up into these smaller sections and, and you could you know there are a lot of pastors there are a lot of churches that would take you know maybe 6 months to preach through first john uh we're going to do it in you know just a handful of weeks um, which which I think is is better, uh, but I mean, the best would be for us to just sit, read this whole letter together, and talk about it in, in a sitting, and then come back and read it again and talk about it together in a sitting, the whole letter, and and you know that that's we have to be we have to be contextualized for our culture, um, and and so that that kind of thing probably isn't uh the best the best for our culture and so we're we're going to try to we're going to try to meet in the middle a little bit here and uh so like this week in particular uh we're looking at 24 verses uh it's not the whole it's not all of chapter 2 but it's almost the all of chapter 2 in in one week and there is a lot here there is so much and and on the one hand, that can feel very daunting. 
uh, as as you're getting ready to lead to kind of look at this and go, oh, there's so much. How do I how do I get all of this out to them? How do I communicate everything that is in this passage? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. Um, well, before I do get there, it, it, on the one hand, even though it's daunting, on the other hand, it's a great opportunity uh, because what when you have this much material to work with, especially in our settings, right? Our settings of dialogue, of conversation, of discussion, you're going to be able to to navigate and gravitate towards those places in this passage that are that are hitting home with your people. And so you don't have to you don't have to necessarily try to figure out um, how each piece of this is going to hit home. You can you can follow the conversation, listen, pay attention to what's happening and and move into those into those spaces with them and uh and that's i know that's hard and i know that takes takes more work than than just kind of following the script um and so even with the five questions right uh you know you you can just jump them you can skip you don't have to do all five if if the conversation you know if you start I, I always want us to start with what do you like or or what stands out because that is that is a clear observate like that helps us observe the passage. But the other thing it does is it helps you begin to see where are people dialed in at, and as they're talking and as they're talking about what they like, what stands out to them. If if the questions or issues about God, uh, in that part in this particular passage. Uh, are are what stands out or really is what's hitting home dive in there right and, and skip over the what don't you like or don't or you can you, you can skip it or if you don't get to because the the conversation has gone so well you don't get to the other questions that's okay too right like, you don't this is this is more art than science guys and um and so you you as a leader we as leaders as we're leading these conversations we need to listen we need to to pay attention to to what's happening here so uh let me let me read the passage uh and you know i, I know it's long and that's okay uh, but let's let's read this together first john chapter 2 beginning in verse 3 says we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have heard since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. 
But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised to us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. All right, a lot of stuff there. Um, so this this kind of being uh, a longer passage, uh, just some just some things to that you may want to think about. You may want to break it up into smaller mini lessons. Right where you kind of identify, hey, this is I want to talk about this, this, and this. Um, where you're going to maybe just go through the process quickly. Uh, you know, maybe all, maybe you ask the five questions uh, in in a variety of things. Where you're going to say, hey, we're going to do uh, three through ten and ask the questions, and then we're going to you know skip down to you know eighteen through twenty six or something. You're going to skip over twelve, uh, twelve through seventeen, right? Um, or vice versa. You you can pick some some in here, uh, or you can uh, you know another option would be to use this particular passage as an opportunity to break up into smaller groups, right? So you you maybe have like three or four people uh, use the five questions uh, for an assigned pa- passage, and they report back to the group. Like the you can do some of that if you want to, you know. Maybe you take twenty minutes and let them work through those questions together. Uh, that that may be a possibility, um, particularly with verses twelve through fourteen, uh, which is they're kind of their own unique thing. They're kind of an aside here. Um, you may want to just give them some some cursory comments, uh, and uh, you know. And just kind of move, just kind of move on before you even dive into the questions. Um, 
so so those are some some ways that you can kind of uh, navigate this this larger passage. Uh, in as far as an FCF goes, fallen condition focus, you know. I, I'm I'm leaning right now towards uh, something along the lines of we think that because we are saved we can live however we want, uh, so so kind of this idea of just license right I've got my fire insurance I can go live however I want to live do what I want to do because doggone it I am saved, um, and and so the Christ redemptive purpose. Uh, kind of challenges that, right? To live like Jesus is the mark of the person who is following Jesus. <laughs> so we, you know, kind of going with John here, right? I mean, uh, if you say you're saved, if you say you're following Jesus, but your life isn't marked by the things that Jesus calls us to live, then are you really following Jesus? And, and I think the answer is no. Um, and so uh, the message big idea would be joy Joy known is lived by loving well. Joy known is lived by loving well. Right? If we if we are going to experience joy, if we are going to know joy, it it is it is a lived out lo- of loving well because that's what we see Jesus doing. That's what it means to follow in Jesus, to to really follow his his steps, his path, to really come after him is 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 to love well and um and so this passage begins uh John's structure that we that we begin to that we begin to kind of see throughout uh throughout the rest of of the letter uh that John Stott refers to as uh the tests the tests of following Jesus so you have uh, verses three through six, uh, which is the moral test or obedience. Uh, and so, you know, notice that the relationship with Jesus comes first and then obedience. So, you know, what does obedience look like? It looks like, you know, living like Jesus. Um, in verses seven through 11, you have what Stott refers to as the social test or the love test. Uh, and, and this is, this is how we relate to one another, right? It's not, it is not possible to be in Christ and to also hate. If we hate, we are standing outside and away from, from Christ. So hate is a non-starter for the follower of Jesus. Uh, and then he has this digression. He has two digressions in the middle of this, of this passage. Uh, in 12 through 14, it's this digression about the church um and uh so he's what i agree with stott here uh he says hey you know i think what john's doing is is kind of giving the people the sense of hey you're doing okay i know this has been challenging but i gotta tell you this is what i see in you i see here's some assurance um here's here's some assurance Right. Here's here's how I know uh, that that you are that you're doing all right. These three groups: children, fathers, and young men probably refer to stages of spiritual growth. So children um, who are 
who are at the beginning of their faith, young men who are actively pressing into lives of faith, and fathers who have this deep abiding of faith. It's kind of this uh, levels of maturity, right? And uh, and we see that we see that in our own life cycles uh, where we begin we begin life. There's excitement. It's kind of the the high schoolers, right? Uh, and then you have the you know, young people who are who are working hard and living into it. And then you have uh, the people who have kind of moved into that retirement stage who just have a deep abiding sense of of life and reality. Uh, and then you get a second digression uh, about the world in verses 15 through 17. Um, uh, you know, the, the thing to notice here is the world is a power, not people. Uh, so this is kind of similar to Paul's statement about not fighting against flesh and blood in, in Galatians. Uh, the power that is the world is comprised of lust, lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Uh, so these, when we pursue these things, um, they all lead us into a place uh, of unloving, of where we don't love well. So when we engage in lust of the flesh, we dehumanize and objectify another person. Uh, we are no longer engaging them as they are, which is the image of God. Lust of the eyes uh, is what many of us refer to as envy. So that is a desire for what our neighbor has, and the pride of life is what happens when we put ourselves above others. Uh, and so we can do this by embracing a false humility and also thinking too highly of ourselves. So these are uh, these are kind of the the things here uh, that that we are bumping up against uh, in, in the world. And then we have this uh, this doctrinal uh, this doctrinal test um, in verses eighteen through twenty seven, right? Uh, so a couple of notes. Antichrist here is not referring to a false messiah. Um, it is referring referring to teachers who are against Christ. So that's people who are teaching things counter to the teachings of Jesus. Um, and uh, and so, you know, in the midst of this conversation, we see John referencing the theological concept known as perseverance, and that really comes out in verse nineteen, right? Um, and, and as I've been studying this, uh, I think, I, I think this is helping me move towards some idea, uh, toward an answer to a question that I've been wrestling personally with was, which is kind of how bad does one need to be to fall outside the redeeming work of Christ? And, uh, and I think it, it may, you know, John seems to be pointing that, uh, it's, it's for those that have intentionally leading people astray from the truth of Jesus being the Christ. That that is a critical issue. Uh, for more on this idea of of Jesus the Christ, uh, I would encourage you to check out Richard Rohr's Universal Christ, uh, which is a great a great book on on the subject, uh, and you can get it pretty cheap uh, via Kindle. The center of the passage is really rooted in verses twenty two and twenty three. Uh, you know, who is the liar? Whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, such a person is the Antichrist. Uh, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Um, it is interesting to me that John identifies sonship with Christship, uh, so to speak. So historically, the teaching that he's countering uh, was probably the Gnostics. They taught that Christ came and rested on Jesus for a period of time and then left him at the crucifixion. Uh, so they taught this because they believed that the material world was evil and the spiritual world was good. Um, 
And then verse 25, eternal life is the promise when we persist in embracing Jesus as the Christ. So by embracing Jesus for who he is, the Father acknowledges us. The challenge is to remain in him. Once once we're once we're moving in him, uh, you know, the challenge for us is to keep following after him and to keep pursuing him and to keep loving well. This this is the challenge. Um and so, uh, you know, we we don't want to slide into what John refers to as something that's counterfeit. We want to we want to hold on to something that is real, and and the real is seen in these the 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 doctrinal test. While it's 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 intellectual, it's it's something that we say we you know we believe. It is ultimately rooted back in the other two tests, the moral test and the social test, or obedience and love. How are we living, and how are we loving? Uh, those things really determine whether or not we we actually believe, whether or not we are actually um, you know actually have this real faith. Or if we're living some counterfeit thing, uh, if we say we believe, but we we live we live a life uh, that's that's disobedient to the things that Jesus has taught, or we we love we 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 hate instead of love, then then we have we have embraced a counterfeit belief, and uh, and so this opens up man this opens up all kinds of questions again about inclusiveness of the gospel, the redeeming work of Jesus. Um, and, uh, and those are things that, that we can keep talking about. Uh, but, at the, but at the very end of the day, what we can know for certain is, is that as we look at people, <laughs> all we can really do is, is see how they live and how they love. Uh, it's very difficult to see what they believe and what and even for us to know what we believe which is why I think guys like um you know big lights of the past Jonathan Edwards and and some of these some of these other great theologians have always wrestled with the state of their souls because they know how they've fallen short they know where they've where they've come up short in their faith and and where they're not loving well and how they don't live uh, in obedience to Christ, and so they they are constantly wrestling with their assurance and with their belief, and and and, and are they are they really are they really honoring Christ? Are they really following after Him? Which then I think points us back to these verses twelve through fourteen, where, where John says, "I know I'm saying hard stuff. I know I'm saying hard. Be assured." Be assured that there is grace. Be assured that I see in you forgiveness, and and I'm seeing you overcome the evil one, and I'm and I'm, and I'm seeing you remain and pursue these things, right? And, and so, and so as we're teaching uh, this and facilitating these conversations, we want to make sure that that we are coming back to to those to to that grace centered position. Uh, that Jesus, that Jesus has, has wrought for, you know, he is he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, chapter two, verse two, and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. Uh, the atonement, the atonement is real, and grace is real, and and we we have pers- we we have 
we live uh, we live in this context of grace. Um, so, uh, so encourage encourage your people uh, to to remain in Christ. What does that look like? What does it look like this this week to to live and love as Christ has lived in love to remain in Him? Uh, that's that's the challenge. All right, uh, I think that's it. So let's keep talking as always. Please, please give me your feedback. Uh, stuff that you're finding helpful, stuff that you're not finding helpful, things that you would rather have me emphasize or de-emphasize. Uh, as always, these notes uh, are also in the Google Drive. If you're more of a more of a reader uh, as opposed to an auditory learner, uh, it's it's a it's available there. And so, yeah, then that's it. Guys, have a great week. Uh, I am in Fowlerville this week, so I'm looking forward to being there. Uh, the Todd is on facilitation of uh, Creekside, and uh, we'll we'll get after it, my friends. Have a great week. We'll be talking on the Telegram, and uh, yeah, love you guys. Thanks for thanks for all you do and how you lead and how you are uh, caring for me and my family. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys so much. All right, we'll talk.